One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to this bonus TLS long read produced by Noah, News Over Audio. If you'd like to listen to more audio articles from the TLS, you can do so on the TLS website or the News Over Audio app. Narrated by Noah. Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the Noah app or at newsoveraudio.com. You are listening to the TLS. This is Everyone's Business The Ruthlessness of the Consulting Industry by David Throsby, from the issue of April 7, 2023. David Throsby is Distinguished Professor of Economics at Macquarie University, Sydney. He is finalizing a book on culture and economic development. When business corporations or government agencies have a problem, they often seek advice from a management consultant. Whether the problem is financial, organizational, or strategic, they believe that consultants can see the big picture and draw on their independent expertise and experience to reach a speedy solution. So seductive has the use of this outsourced decision-making become that the number of firms in the management consulting industry has expanded rapidly. Many are small and specialized, but the market is dominated by a handful of giants with branches all over the world. The main players are the so-called Big Three, McKinsey, Boston Consulting Group, and Bain & Company. Together with the big four accounting firms, KPMG, PwC, EY, and Deloitte. The evolution of the global economy over the past half century has created an ideal environment for these big firms. The economic orthodoxy that has underpinned their growth has enshrined the proposition that private markets are the most efficient system for allocating society's resources. And if a company seeks advice on how to make this profit-driven system work more effectively in serving its interests, who better to call on than the bright young graduates of the world's top business schools who are routinely employed by the big management consultancies? One of the primary rules of consultants advising the boards and management of private corporations is that the client's interests come first. It doesn't matter if the client is producing harmful products, such as cigarettes, or is engaged in environmentally unsound practices, a management consultant can give advice on how to do it more efficiently. Although some consultants may try to help corporate clients meet social responsibility obligations or offer advice on how to deal with ethical constraints, 
The bottom line tends to always be the economic indicators of profit, executive remuneration, and shareholder value. But it isn't only business that has come to rely on the services of the consulting industry. It is also governments, ministries, departments, agencies, and other functionaries of public administration. The ideology of neoliberalism that has profoundly affected economic policymaking in most Western countries has resulted in an inexorable transfer of power from public to private hands. As a component in this process, governments have increasingly turned to consultants to supply a range of services that were previously provided by professionals from within the public sector, including research, data collection, project evaluation, strategy advice, operational planning, and more. These developments have occurred as politicians have progressively adopted a public management paradigm that asserts that public institutions should function more like businesses, with performance evaluated on the basis of efficiency, cost-effectiveness, and customer satisfaction. These indicators of a successful operation are familiar territory to management consultants, so it is hardly surprising that they have been called in to implement public service reform, often becoming not just advisors but active participants in the transformation process. In doing so, the consultants have been able to assure themselves of a continuing flow of government contracts, an essential element in their business model. In their book, The Big Con, Mariana Mazzucato and Rosie Collington argued that the costs of these trends to the public purse have greatly outweighed the value of any benefit produced. The author's lively account of the consulting industry covers its development over the past half-century, the tactics that the big players have used to build their corporate empires, the adverse impacts on the public interest, and the implications of these trends for the functioning of democracy. Their argument is well-documented and copiously referenced, with examples drawn from the UK, the US, France, Australia, Sweden, and elsewhere. The influence of the big management consultants has not been confined solely to countries of the developed world. During the 1970s and 1980s, they played a key role in the economic and financial affairs of governments in the Global South. During this time, loans from the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank to developing countries in Africa, Latin America, parts of Asia, and elsewhere were predicated on the adoption of structural adjustment policies, which required privatization of state-owned enterprises, reductions in government spending, and liberalization of trade and finance. The design and implementation of these programs was often handed over entirely to management consultants. Indeed, in some cases, the use of such imported expertise was a condition for the approval of further loans. As the authors demonstrate, the austerity measures triggered by these policy strategies had disastrous consequences for a number of low-income countries. The consultants, meanwhile, made healthy profits and laid down foundations for further business in those countries. The Big Con devotes a chapter to the threat of climate change and the opportunities that it has presented to the big consulting firms to expand their operations. In recent years, they have established sustainability divisions and other specialized units to advise governments on emissions reduction policy and to help businesses with adaption strategies and the management of climate risk. Although some consultants, especially smaller specialized firms, provide advice consistent with the need for the world to transition towards a greener future, the book's portrayal of the industry's role in meeting the climate crisis 
is largely negative and includes many examples of opportunism, rent-seeking, and obfuscation. In their final chapter, Mazzucato and Collington make proposals for liberating organizations in both the public and private sectors from an over-reliance on the consulting industry. Their recommendations include a fundamental program for reform of the civil service derived from arguments that will be recognizable to readers familiar with Mazzucato's work. But in the book's spirited critique of the consulting industry, these arguments take on fresh life, pointing to the need for the closer alignment of public services to citizens' needs, the increased promotion of public-private partnerships, investment in internal capacity building, and the mandating of transparency to expose conflicts of interest. The unsavory characteristics of the industry that Matsukato and Collington describe are exemplified in the story of the McKinsey Corporation, one of the big three. In When McKinsey Comes to Town, Walt Bogdanich and Michael Forsyth chronicle the history of this sprawling global giant, with particular emphasis on the ways in which its past and present behavior can be seen as questionable. Their account is based on exhaustive research, meticulously documented in 45 pages of footnotes collated at the end of the book. The content is built around a series of narratives describing McKinsey's dealings with a range of private and public sector clients, often told as day-by-day accounts of significant events and the personalities participating in them. It is a style of exposition that investigative journalists the world over have made their own, with chapter openings such as At 7.08 p.m. under an overcast sky, it makes for compelling reading. One of McKinsey's earliest clients was the giant United States Steel Corporation. During the Great Depression, this company needed advice to assist in its negotiations with its workforce on pay and conditions. The consultants developed a pattern to be replicated time and again in different industries and at different times, involving ruthless cost-cutting strategies that jeopardized workers' safety and often resulted in widespread layoffs. Over the years, McKinsey's recommendations for corporate restructures have been built around this pattern, involving a relentless focus on efficiency with profit as the primary objective. It was not only workers who suffered. It was also consumers. In a trenchant account of McKinsey's dealing with the tobacco and pharmaceutical industries, the authors point to behavior that prompted a U.S. judge in 1992 to observe that, in the choice between the physical health of consumers and the financial well-being of business, McKinsey chose concealment over disclosure, sales over safety, and money over morality. The book's final chapter discusses McKinsey's role in reshaping the U.K.'s National Health Service. From the 1970s onwards, the company has been called in to overhaul the NHS. The authors argue that it has recommended large-scale privatization, staff reductions, and the pursuit of efficiency, with little apparent concern for the quality or range of services provided. Their analysis implies that many of the NHS's current difficulties can be traced back to the long-lasting impacts of the strategies for change that the consulting organization has recommended over the years. While efficiency doesn't always have to mean poorer service, and while McKinsey might rightly argue that its employees are merely fulfilling their briefs, the book provides a compelling charge sheet of instances in which this ruthlessness has caused lasting and widespread damage. You have been listening to the TLS. 
This was Everyone's Business, The Ruthlessness of the Consulting Industry by David Throsby from the issue of April 7, 2023. It was read by Adrian Walker for Noah. The article you just listened to was narrated by the team at Noah. Continue listening to more great journalism on the NOAA app or by visiting newsoveraudio.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.